Hey, it's Kaylee and Paige Chambers. And this is the Uniquely Us Moms podcast. After our co-parenting relationship being called weird, unorthodox, and straight out of a goddamn TLC show, we decided it was time to show and share our unique co-parenting life to help break the stigma of amicable, cooperative, and friendly co-parenting. Each episode, we talk about how we got here, as our relationship wasn't always this way, our experiences, tips, tricks, and resources, and we share how we continue to foster this relationship. Join us while we talk about what works for us in our blended family. Maybe you'll find something that works for you and your family. What may sound weird to you is our normal and makes us unique. Are you a mom, stepmom, dad, or stepdad that feels alone, lost, and maybe unsure of how to make your co-parenting team work? Are you looking for others like you? Do you want resources and tools from people who have been in your shoes? Are you looking to just share your experience and get some support? If any of those things resonate with you, we have the place for you. The Uniquely Us Moms Support Portal is available through Facebook. It is an exclusive group of parents and step-parents just like you. The group is private and allows you to post anonymously. There are resources, lives, and all kinds of features available to members only. Want to get in the group? Check out the link in the episode description. As a stepmom, I think that like our challenges ebb and flow. We go through periods where everything's good. There's no issues. You know, everybody's hunky-dory. Everybody's happy. We're all getting along. And then there's moments where I feel like there's just like a bomb dropped. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. And honestly, in the last couple of weeks, like I've really struggled and had some challenges in my role as a stepmom. Um, Corbin is at the age where, you know, hormones are starting to kick in and we're starting to learn attitude and whatever else. But like, I didn't really expect it this soon. And I feel like I have no idea what to do. So if you followed along, Kaylee moved out this week. Um, but prior to this, like it was all of us in the house and I really tried to like find my way through that because I mean like that wasn't easy. I mean, I, I was stuck as parent number three and you know, at times my opinion meant nothing. And like, I feel like we had numerous conversations with Corbin about, you know, when Paige says something, you still have to do it. Mommy and daddy may be here, but she's asking you to do something. So you need to do it. However, that conversation happened multiple times and you know, he loves his screens and he loves his Nintendo and he loves his tablet and his Xbox. And so like there was threats of taking that away if he couldn't figure out how to respond nicely or to at least listen. And, you know, I've talked about it a couple times over the last month, but like I really sat back today and I was like, the struggle is freaking real this month. Like the amount of attitude and like disrespect, like at what point do I just need to disengage? At what point do I just need to be like, Paige, this is not your fault. This is just him going through him and try not to take it personally. But it is so hard as a stepmom to not take it personally with like the tone and the attitude. Like it's just crazy. 
And you know what? Like, I'm a pretty sensitive individual. And like I've said before, I really have to work on my mindset and like thinking positively and things like that. And man, kids and their attitudes, like they can do a number on you. And it's just, it's brutal. But I will say, like, I'm very fortunate. I had both Kaylee and Brady on my side supporting me. But I mean, there's moments I felt like I was running to tell, like, to tattletale on what he had done. And I shouldn't feel that way. But I did because I felt like, well, I should be able to handle this. But at the same point in time, it wasn't going anywhere. Like, he was not understanding the level of disrespect he was giving and the level of attitude. I mean, I can distinctly remember the one day he like was like, well, why do I have to do that? And I was like, um, because I asked you to like, I'm not, I'm not really sure where you want me to go with this, but man, like hardcore challenge. Like I, you know, we've dealt with a lot of challenges as like as a couple and as a stepmom and as co-parents, but like lately I'm like, holy bananas, Batman, how do we even combat this? So, I mean, like we've worked at, you know, if this continues, Corbin, these are the consequences and this is why you can't speak to people like this and so on and so forth. But good Lord, it the struggle is absolutely real. A hundred percent. Aside from that, I've, I've felt lately, and I don't know if it's just something in the air, like I've talked to a lot of other people, but like on the flip side, not necessarily stepmom related, but like mindset related and like life related, I think that, man, like I felt really drained lately. Like I have felt no motivation and exhausted and just like I can't seem to get ahead and I've talked to a couple of my other friends and some girls in my accelerators program, and it seems to be something in the water. Like it's, it just seems to be something that we're all kind of going through right now. And so I'm really working it. You know, I have been getting up in the morning and having my tea and meditating with the dogs, even though they're having like rough housing time and I'm sitting there trying to like envision my day. And uh, it's actually kind of hilarious. I'm not going to lie to you. And, uh, yeah, just drinking my David's tea and enjoying myself and, you know, trying to find some simplicity in it because, you know, I think that, like, I, I'm really working on the fact that the world is working, like, life is working for me. It's not working against me because, you know, it's, I think that's a really important mindset shift to have. But, man, can it be a struggle when, you know, you've got kids who've got attitudes and dogs who have decided to misbehave and oh my lord I know it's just life but good lord struggles of the day people struggles of the day but no aside from that Brady and I have a really quiet house now uh we have had two nights alone with nobody else in the house our dogs are not sure what to do with that they keep barking at every little sound and it's it's been very different so now I have to well, I are, have already looked into new bedroom furniture because Brady and I were talking about going to a king size bed. So I've been looking at that. I had a little bit more success at Leon's if you followed my brick story from a little while ago. Um, but I just have to make a decision. So then our bedroom set can move down to Kaylee's old room. So we have another spare bedroom. But yeah, other than that, I'm just trying to, you know, 
work our way through this winter blues nonsense and this chilling cold that we've had because I mean it's been like minus 25 at night and if you know me you know I should migrate to the south in the winter because I despise the cold if you ever get into my car everybody jokes they're like Paige it's like Africa in here and I was like and what is your problem with that um but yeah that's that's kind of the the story of the week so yeah you stepmoms out there you're not alone we all have struggles they ebb and flow here I am I'm part of the ebb at the moment waiting for the flow to come back where things are a little bit more normal Rebel Dog Rescue is a nonprofit rescue organization whose mission is to help save dogs that are found in abandoned, neglected, or in immediate risk of euthanization. They're based out of the Niagara region and the GTA. For those of you that follow the podcast or even on our stories on Instagram, you know that we have worked with Rebel Dog for quite some time as Brady and I rescued our healer mix, Macy, through them. REBEL is an acronym for Rescue, Educate, Believe, Empower, and Love Dogs, and it is truly at the heart of what they do. REBEL Dog focuses on being the voice for the voiceless in an ethical and powerful way. This week, we would like to feature Mercury. She is currently available for adoption through the Rescue, and if you go to their website, which is located in the description box, you can find more information on her. But a little snippet about her. Mercury is a two and a half year old terrier mixed breed Um, She was adopted in Canada, and then she was actually returned to the rescue four months later due to her gardening issues when somebody entered the house. However, since being back with the rescue, she has made excellent strides to show that, you know, she doesn't need to guard. She's been shown that she's safe and she can trust people. Um, She is definitely a dog that I would check out. Uh, She's a cute little white and tan dog. Um, I personally think she's really adorable, and she reminds me a lot of Macy. Macy was very guarded at first with people but not necessarily an aggressive way she would shy away and oftentimes you do see dogs do that they do say she's a very active dog she's full of life and love and she would do best in an active home so if you feel like you could provide that for her head over to the website check her out and click adopt and fill out the information Hey everyone, it's Kaylee here, and I'm just going to say it, it has been a long few days. Um, as most of you know already, if you've listened to the podcast before, I got my house um, on February 2nd, I took possession, and basically since that day I have been trying to like that night I I went there cleaned took a bunch of stuff from Brady and Paige's um, that I had there set it up and then on the Friday my container got delivered started unloading that my dad Matt Mark we're all I'm gonna be honest I didn't have much of a hand in Um, actually unloading the pod I was kind of more the okay this goes here okay this goes there uh, that and I was the unpacker and 
and that's and that's fine. Um, got the house all all set up. Mark actually finished unloading my container on Saturday, so that was great. So there was no no kind of worries about the uh, when the pod was getting picked up. It actually got picked up this afternoon, uh, and that was great. Um, we didn't have to worry about speeding up and trying to unpack or unload it yesterday and you know early morning today like it was all all nice and dealt with um and I mean the house really it's in really good shape I uh, got the, the living room is set up the dining room we've got the whole the, the kitchen all unpacked everything is pretty much situ situated where I want it uh, I kind of switched around some of the, the living room things a bit and just to make it function a bit better and I think I like it the way it is we'll see it could change and um, the spare room still have to finagle that a bit I've got uh, the, the, the bed frame and box spring in there and a side table and basically that closet is my my overstock of bedding because in this house there is no real like linen closet there there is a kind of a centrally located closet that I'm currently using as like for your, your outdoor coats um, I've got all my coats I've got some and, and, and my mitts and cats like Corbin's hats like and it's it doesn't have any like literally all it has is one shelf above and then there's a, a coat bar and there's no shelves or anything in it so really I can't really stack towels or bedding or any other linens in there I've kind of got all my towels and stuff in, and there's two small shelves in um, the bathroom and they, they work just fine they're not it's not my favorite thing but it, it looks fine it works uh, you know towels are in the bathroom where they're utilized so that's okay and I've got the the bathroom all set up and got my you know shower curtain and everything and it's not a very big bathroom but it functions I've got a shower and a tub it's great what else are you gonna do in there you go to the bathroom you clean yourself I mean really you don't need that much space um, in the basement, it's half of it is finished. Corbin has taken that space, uh, the finished spot off part, obviously. Um, got his bed all set up down there. I had to order him a bed frame that did not require a box spring, so like the actual bed frame acts like the underneath the, the top of it acts as your box spring because the queen box spring did not fit down the basement hallway as much as I mean we probably could have given it a bit of a cut and shoved it down there and, and patched it when we got down there but it, it it wasn't worth it so his his bed is all happy I've got a few more boxes to unload of his but kind of need to figure out the storage 
for the toys that I have of his and, and other kind of assorted things uh, that I had different spots for at my old house and, and we'll figure that all out. Um, it's, uh, it'll all come together. I'm, I'm not trying not to, like, as much as I rushed through unpacking and, and getting the rest of the house together, um, I don't want to rush through getting him, you know, it, it, not that I don't want to rush through getting him unpacked, but I just don't want, basically, if we unpack the rest of the boxes, everything's just sitting on the floor, so... <laughs> that's not that's not how I flow I like things in their places and he's kind of like that too and and he's like mom I'm running out of spots of, for things to go and I'm like well did I told him yesterday stop opening the boxes we've got you know I think at that point he had about five or six boxes left and and uh, I said just leave it for now and uh, we'll get what we have kind of situated and um, and then we'll we'll look into what we can kind of find you for organizing and keeping things in. And well, he went through another two boxes, so <laughs> and it's fine. He went through he went through um, a bunch of his stuff and and picked out things that he maybe decided that he didn't need anymore. So he's got a box of of stuff that uh, he's decided his his own accord. I did not you know force this upon him, which I'm actually really proud of him because. It, it, it's, I know it's hard as a kid to say goodbye to stuff and he's decided there's a, a few things that he no longer wants or, or needs to play with and I said that's, that's great bud like if there's things that I think that you know we could donate I'll clean them up and, and donate them to, to um, a second hand store and you know I mean, if, they're, if they're still good if they're not well then I'll see if I can't recycle or or whatnot with them um and yeah it's it's been a bit of a busy few few days but it's starting to kind of all all come together um today uh, mark and i went down to the oxford county office and we picked uh, i had to pick up some recycling bins did you know so the taller like blue boxes that we have here for recycling they sell them at Home Depot for close to $40 I want to say or just over $40 and I can get them at the Oxford County office for $6.20 how does that work it is insane so I picked up two of those because I'm not wasting 40 plus dollars on something I could pay under $10 for. <laughs> and I got some garbage bag tags because the lovely Oxford County, you gotta, we gotta pay for our, pay for our garbage pickup. Uh, $2 a tag and that's okay. I'm all prepared. What else do we do? Oh, I still have to go. I still have to go switch some address things. I tried to switch my address for my my license and my health card, and for some reason I've got some error when I try to do it online. So, lucky me, I have to go to the actual service Ontario and deal with that, which I'm sure will just be joyous because 
everything always takes twice as long there, but hopefully I can get that done tomorrow. And a few other address change things and I got my my gas all set up. I thought so I had I had called or sorry, I had done online on Enbridge's website to a move in thing where, you know, you put your new address in and everything and, and so they know who to send the bill to at, at the property. And I got a, an email, like a confirmation email saying, yeah, so your, your thing's been submitted. Um, we'll send you another email when your request has been processed and, and you're move-in ready. Well, I realized today I, I never got that email saying that the property's move-in ready and whatnot. So called Ambridge and got a nice lady on the phone and lo and behold my request never actually was submitted even though I got a confirmation email so don't trust your email <laughs> don't trust websites apparently um, got that all set up so I'm good to go there yay yay for bills they don't even come in the mail anymore I had to set up my mail though called Canada Post and had that all set up but then, another funny thing. So the, the nice man, the Canada Post call center, is got me all set up and he's like, okay, so, you know, they're gonna go and they're gonna change the locks on the, the mailbox that's, because there's a mailbox that's um, assigned to my street address. And he said, go change the locks and then you'll get a little note on your door saying that you, which post office to go to and pick up the keys. And he said, oh, you gotta take a piece of, you know, government issued ID that has your new address on it. And I laughed. I said, well, yeah, I'll be getting that. I said, but it's going to be coming in the mail. <laughs> and there's no way I'm going to be getting that by Thursday. Cause he said everything should be done by Thursday. Like there is no way in heck that I will end up getting my actual, um, new driver's license and everything by Thursday. And he's like, yeah, I know. Um, so just bring, he said for me to bring my, um, my purchase, my purchase agreement when I, when I bought the house. So like all of my like realtor paperwork, he said, just bring that in and that should work for, for picking up your keys. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so it's all fun. Moving, moving is great. I have been told by Mark that I we will be if if, if I'm moving again ever uh, I will be paying other people to move my things because it was a lot of work and I'll admit it was a lot of work and I mean I spent that container that you know they unloaded I spent I'm trying to think when we sold the house in October. I got that container delivered probably mid, yeah, a couple days later after we signed all the paperwork and I spent, well, I loaded the thing by myself and I did have the luxury of time and I did have a bunch of stuff packed up already in the garage and I, I loaded probably just over half of that container on my own. Um, when it came to big stuff, obviously I, I got help um, and then the actual day of moving, yes obviously had a bunch of help because there was dressers and mattresses and all that stuff to put in that nobody should be lifting on their own accord that is that's not okay <laughs> but 
yeah, all in all, the move, it move, the move went well. Everything went smooth. And I am now getting used to living in the city. I never honestly thought that I would live in a city. And, you know, I've, I've lived in a small town. I've lived in Plattsville all my life. And I, I love the small town. Um, it is not in my price range. Maybe one day it will be again, but uh, it's gonna be a learning curve being near all of the amenities. Like I'm not used to having a gas station readily available. And I know that's, that's just a small thing, but I'm not used to it. Like I'm not used to having multiple grocery stores like I'm used to having to, you know, drive either, we had a variety store in Plattsville, but yeah, having to drive to uh, a Foodland or a No Frills or a Zares, you know, a couple towns over, it's just not something that I'm used to. So, um, it'll be good. And hopefully, you know, Corbin will meet some friends around the house. I, I did see there is quite a few families there with younger kids and that'd be kind of cool if he could meet some friends around there and yeah um if you guys have any kind of questions you want to ask me about the new place or whatnot i'd be interested in in answering them yeah talk to you later Now available through Amazon and Kindle is my new ebook, The Chronicles of a Stepmom. Sit down, grab a glass of wine, and take a journey with me through being a 25-year-old single independent girl to a stepmom in the flash of an eye. Read about my struggles, my wins, and my challenges with this role. You can find a link in the podcast description to get your copy today. Hey guys, so I've been asked a couple questions lately about like being the second wife and I've kind of been dealing like with the second wife syndrome. So I thought I would share. Um, so, I mean, I stepped into this role, like I've said many times and, you know, it was very different from any other relationship I had been in. It was kind of on fast forward. It was, you know, things were more serious more quickly and that is part of like the second wife aspect like in most relationships when you step into a relationship where somebody has been married and has kids oftentimes that dating period gets very serious very quickly and I've said many times that Brady and I you know we had those serious conversations very early on like what did we want out of life and um, he also wanted to make sure that like I also got what I wanted and Part of that for me was I did want to get married. I did want the wedding and, you know, there were certain things I wanted and he was willing to respect that. And originally when we had talked about it, it was he didn't really want, you know, the big wedding because he had already had that. He he was like, well, let's just, you know, we'll go somewhere in the Caribbean. Well, the problem with that for me was I really struggled with it because that would really eliminate how much of my family could come. And because it was my first marriage 
most of my family would expect to be invited. And not a lot of them would be in the financial situation to be able to travel like that. So I was really caught between a rock and a hard place. And when Brady and I did decide to get married, um, it was a conversation and I explained my side and he did understand it. But that then started a whole slew of other issues because while Kaylee and I are similar in some ways, we're also different. And part of that was I was very concerned. I really wanted our wedding to be unique. I wanted it to be ours. So I felt like I was constantly trying to make sure that there wasn't a lot of comparables. Um, because unfortunately, like, originally they got married in a barn. And if I had it my way, that's probably what would have happened. Um, but knowing that, I, you know, readdressed and redirected and chose to not do that. And we actually got married at our house um, here in Tavi. And it was a beautiful day. Don't get me wrong. Our wedding was phenomenal. The weather was amazing. Um, and it shouldn't have been because it was the late October. It was October 22nd. Um, but I couldn't have asked for a better day. With that being said, um, during the planning process... Brady left me to do most of it and make decisions. Um, and then I talked to him about the decisions I made. And he was very quick to compare it to his first wedding, which was really difficult for me because, again, I was really trying to set our wedding apart from what he had already had. Um, I wanted him to have a different experience and I wanted him to see it differently. And so I really, I found it a huge challenge um, when we were planning because I really had to think outside the box. Um, however, I will say his mom was like my rock through all of it because she was like, this day is not about him. It is about you. <laughs> and as much as she meant that in such a nice, kind way, she didn't mean it wasn't about him. She just meant we know that this is your first and it means a lot to you. And she was really on top of trying to make it special for me, which I really appreciated. And I mean, she went above and beyond. She helped me with my bouquets, my decorations. She was here to help set up. She was here to help take down. Like, she was phenomenal. Like, I love my mother-in-law so much for that. Um, but again, like, it was, it was a bit of a struggle with Brady because he is a very realist. So he sees black and white and no shades of gray. So he didn't, I think, understand the effect it necessarily had on me right away until I was like, you don't understand. You may have done this once, but I haven't. So I would like to do these things. So we often, like we had tiffs about doing um, like a stag and doe. We had a tiff about doing like a bridal shower and things like that. And I was like, Brady, you may have had this, but I never did. So let me just have the opportunity to do these things. And again, he wanted something that was smaller and a little bit more content. And um. I, on the other hand, was like, I have a large family. I come from a blended family. Like, it's going to be really difficult for me to separate that. So, again, the wedding was a big one. But beyond the wedding, um, obviously, there's, like, the comparables. So, oftentimes, as a second wife, you're compared to the first. Um, there is a stigma about being a second wife. And oftentimes, people are a little less accepting of them. Um, I know I've been introduced a couple of times and, oh, this is Brady's second wife or this is my second wife or people know I'm the second wife. And there's that aspect of, oh, oh, okay. Um, however, I have found a lot of people are really accepting of it because they've known Brady and I for a long time. I mean, we've been together in total for seven years and um, married for about six months, but 
I was considered his wife years ago, even before we were married. So, I mean, it's not really a surprise. Um, the other kind of challenge of being the second wife is, like, you feel like you're robbed of some of the firsts. Like, I will never give Brady his first child. And I will never, you know, have his first wedding. And I will never, you know, have certain firsts. But what I will have is our firsts. And it's kind of about redirecting that mindset and thinking about it in terms of you may have already had these first but you didn't have those first with me and they're different because the situation wasn't the same and you know it's a little bit more unique like we just have how we mesh together and what that looked like in that situation so I mean there's that aspect uh, and then on kind of like the personal side I would say there's like the insecurities so because I was often compared to Kaylee, I really struggled with insecurities. And this was really early on, not so much um, since we've been married, but like in the earlier stages of dating and when we were considered married for all intents and purposes. Um, because, you know, when you're in that role and, you know, you're not in a rush to get married, oftentimes people just assume that you are married. But um, anyways, back to these insecurities, I was I was pretty insecure. You know, I was afraid of being compared like oh well Kaylee looks like this and Paige looks like that and you know Kaylee is quiet and you know reserved and Paige is loud and obnoxious because out of the two of us I probably am the more loud and obnoxious um but I just I didn't really want that comparison and especially because they had been together since high school I was all I I felt like I was put on this pedestal and people were there to judge because they knew Kaylee from the time that they were young and they didn't know me. And, you know, it was, it was really overwhelming. Um, it was overwhelming to be in that position. It was overwhelming to think, okay, could I be judged here? And it was overwhelming to defend my relationship because I felt like that, that was part of it. Um, but I mean, some of those insecurities came at times where I didn't expect them. I mean, as a second wife and a stepmom, oftentimes your needs are not first. You are not priority. Oftentimes, especially in the earlier days, you know, um, the needs of the child and the needs of the ex are the first thing. Or in situations like we went through this year where, you know, Kaylee was going through a rough time, the priority was to make sure she was okay. And it's really hard because you don't realize that when you enter into these relationships, oftentimes... You're not just entering into these relationships or marriages with just that person. You're entering with that person, their parents, their extended family, plus then their ex, their kids, then their families. And it's a lot. Like, again, the word overwhelming cannot be used more effectively in this case because it really was that. Um, and I mean, there were times that it was a bigger struggle than others. And then there was other times it was fine. And I remember in the years that Kaylee and I didn't talk and his phone would ring and I would get really insecure about like, oh, okay, like, are they going to make up? Like, what's going to happen? Like, she's going through something. They're not talking about Corbin. They're talking about other things. They're socializing. Like, do I have something to be worried about? And I didn't. But again, as a second time wife, you think that's a possibility, um, especially because most people don't root for the second wife. They root for the family. And at the time, I wasn't part of that. I was just the girlfriend or the second wife. So there's that aspect of, you know, being in that position that was very 
very hard to come by. It was very, it, it was a very insecure moment in my life. And it's not a time I was proud of, but I mean, it happens. And I think it's okay to recognize that that happened. Um, and then something that oftentimes I have conversations with people and it comes up is, you know, as a second wife, we deal with the baggage from the first wedding or sorry, the first marriage, because whether it's, you know, the finances, because when they split, everything got cut in half, including debt. So then you're dealing with financial issues or perhaps, you know, you're dealing with still trying to get through that whole, this is mine and this is hers. And like, there's, there's a lot of pieces to that. And then there's the emotional side to that because I mean, they've separated or divorced for a reason. And oftentimes those reasons, you know, have an emotional aspect to them. Um, whether they've been cheated on or whether, you know, there was an abuse aspect or whether it was like, there's some aspect of heartbreak because I mean, nobody wants to be divorced. Um, but I mean, sometimes it's the unfortunate reality and it's going to have an emotional toll on someone. So as a second wife, you're dealing with those emotional pieces. And oftentimes the guys don't even know that it affects them. Um, I mean, Brady is pretty good about, you know, communicating with me and we have an open dialogue, but I mean, there will be times where he'll snap on me for something and I'm like, whoa, whoa, like, where is this coming from? And, you know, it may have something to do with a, like how he was in his marriage. Um, and I mean, in the earlier days, there was often a comparison between Kaylee and I as to like, Kaylee, we've all said is the early riser and... In fairness, I love her to death, but she's probably more OCD than I am. And like her house is always immaculate and I commend her for that. I, on the other hand, I'm a little bit more flexible and I don't mind there being a dish sitting there waiting to be cleaned or, you know, let's leave the laundry an extra day or whatever it may be. Um, but to Brady, who isn't used to that, it was an adjustment and he, it took him a while to be okay with that adjustment. The number of times that we had arguments about the laundry being done, like, and we still do, which is ridiculous, but he started to learn that he can do his own. Um, it, you know, it was really hard because I came from being an independent woman that I did all my own stuff. And, you know, I kind of thought that was what I would, in my mind, I would have somebody with me who was like that. Um, but the reality was that like Brady was often used to, you know, Kaylee did the laundry, Kaylee kept the house clean, he did the cooking, he looked after the vehicles. Well, for me, I'm like, well, I'm not going to clean the whole house by myself. I it, like we both live here. Um and no different with the laundry. I mean, he will I will admit does a lot of the cooking because if you want me to cook for you, it's probably going to be burnt or it's just not going to have any seasoning because I'm a pretty bland person when it comes to food. I love seasoning when Brady cooks, but I just don't trust myself enough to do it. Um, so, I mean, like, there's there's certain aspects. And because Kaylee and I are different, like, we have a lot of similarities. and But we do have a lot of differences. And our differences make us a little bit more unique. And my difference definitely was that, well, yes, I could clean the whole house and do everything. I didn't want to feel like his maid. And... Even still, I don't want to feel like it's made. Um, so it's something that I feel that that was a big adjustment on both of our parts. And that was the aspect of some baggage. Like you kind of have to deal with what you're given. And 
because you got serious quickly, you didn't necessarily have a chance to really figure out, you know, your roles. And my role is very different than what Kaylee's used to be. And her role was very different than what mine is now. And I mean, it's just, it's very, it takes a while and a lot of um, self-development and changing your mindset to come to terms with these things. And I've had years to do it. So I've been able to adjust but I mean, looking back and, you know, coming up with the content for this podcast today, I was like, well, you know, I'm, I've come a long way in looking at some of these challenges I had, like, they seemed really big at that moment. But now looking back, like they're really like, they were just a piece of the puzzle. So, I mean, there's a lot of benefits to also being the second wife. Um, I personally love, like, for me, I don't consider myself a second wife. I just consider myself Brady's wife. Um, I love him to pieces. He is my best friend. Um, I couldn't imagine my life without him. So for me, my mindset really changed when I started to work towards, you know, this is our relationship. It's unique. It's not like any other. So I'm just going to invest in that. And I'm not going to believe in the stigma and the nonsense that everybody else has because it's a lot easier. But again, it took me many years. It was not an overnight situation. It took me going through those insecurities. It took me, you know, feeling offended every once in a while. It took me having to, you know, deal with those communication issues or whatever it may be and really work through them in order to get here. So it's important you recognize that that's not just going to happen right away. But some key takeaways for you um, that I have learned and that if there's any advice I can give are the following. So the past is the past. You are only in control of your future. So you can only work towards what you can control. You can't change what happened in the past. You can only work forward. Um, be flexible. So it's it's going to be tough. There are going to be times where you feel like your priority or you are not priority and your needs are not being met. But be flexible because what goes around comes around and you will be taken care of. Because ultimately, if this is your person, they're going to make you feel like you are a priority and it may not be all the time, but it's going to be when you need it the most. So you need to know that. Uh, communicate your insecurities. So just communication in general. Because of how Brady and I started our relationship, um, it was a very honest conversation right off the hop. Because we were friends. We knew each other. He knew how I was. It wasn't a surprise when we had conversations. He wasn't shocked when I said something like, you know, I want to get married or I don't know if I want to have kids. Maybe I want to have kids. Maybe I want to adopt. Like there was no surprises. And because of that, we've been able to maintain a certain level of communication um, all the way along about the important stuff. Don't get me wrong. He'll still say, I told you, I told you that the other day. And I'm like, no, you didn't. But those are small things and it doesn't necessarily equate to the larger picture. Um, you and his ex are different. So as much as Kaylee and I have a lot of similarities, you know, we're both blonde, um, we have similar features, we both like horses, we both work in the egg industry, we also have a lot of differences. I am a lot more um, laid back when it comes to certain things, where she is not. She's a little bit more on the quiet side. I am not. <laughs> um but, you know, and that's okay. Like, you are you are not his ex and she is not you. Therefore, your situation is unique. And it's important that you realize that you guys are two different people. 
Um, because if you don't realize that and you constantly feel like you have to push yourself into this box that is very similar or the same as their ex, your marriage or relationship is not going to last because there is a reason that they didn't work in the first place. Um, and you know, those reasons are all very different. Like Kaylee has kind of said, you know, there was a lot of factors that led to what they decided, but ultimately for us, it, our factors were very different to how we got here. So yeah, I mean, there's, if you look on the internet, people will often give you a lot of the negatives of being a second wife. What I can tell you is that being a second wife, it's hard. It's not for those that are weak, that don't want, you know, to put in the time and the effort and that aren't serious because the sec going into a second marriage is a big deal for most men um, or even women, anybody, um, because it's they, they already know what they want. They already know what they're looking for. They already have their priorities set in place. And basically, you have to fit the mold they're looking for. So, you know, you have to recognize that right off the hop. Um, but also, it's, it is a really um, gratifying feeling when you can be on the other side of it and seeing, you know, I went through this and here we are. Like, I can't tell you how proud of us I am because, you know, we, we worked through a lot of chaos and a lot of problems and we worked through a lot of challenges and we did it together and we made it to the other side and, you know, we're married and we still continue to work on our relationship as much as we can. I'm not saying our marriage is perfect because I don't think anybody's is, but, um, it's not something either of us are really willing to give up on. We're really adamant that regardless of what challenges we have, we work through them um, because we are each other's best friends. So yeah, with that being said, that's all I got to say about being the second wife. If you guys have any other questions, feel free to reach out to us through Instagram or on our Facebook. Um, but the likelihood is that you're going to see this topic again, probably in my second ebook. Thanks guys for tuning into today's episode. If you loved this episode, share it with a friend or post it on social media. Be sure to tag us as we would love to thank you personally. Again, we are so grateful for the support and we look forward to next week. Have a great week guys.